<laughs> we apologize for the furnace. Our what? $76,000 to $100,000 new furnace? <laughs> Is it on? <laughs> we'll, we'll get it. They're getting it on now. Praise the Lord. I know I'm not supposed to talk about those things, but <laughs> it's pretty obvious. It's a little chilly. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. What a wonderful season we're in. You know, uh, I was thinking when we were singing that every praise of worship, every time, you know, somebody gives you a compliment because of your stance with, with Christ, and it goes to God. We should go to glory to God. You know, it's, it's his. You know what? It's not us. We couldn't do one cotton-picking thing without him. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay, so, well, Father, we just thank you for every person here. I thank you that you wrap your loving arms around them and keep them warm <laughs> enough right now. And, Lord, open the eyes of our understanding in our hearts and flood us with light. Flood us with light. Not well, I know you don't flood us with darkness, but, Lord, all the darkness has to flee. Amen. And I plead the blood of Jesus over and around every person's mind. I thank you, Father. And thank you, Father, that you're flooding us with light and giving us the hope of our inheritance in Christ. And that we might know who we are in Christ and what he has done for us. We thank you, Father. We praise you. We magnify you. And every word we speak is a praise to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, well, I entitled the sermon Abandoning Streets of Gold because Jesus, Jesus actually, why did Jesus have to come to the earth? And he, and he came to, to, to bring back the glory. So, now, do you know Adam and Eve? <laughs> Heard of Adam and Eve? Well, God put him in the garden Adam was a perfect man without any sin. And he goofed up. And in the first place, though, he was given all the dominion over all the works of God. And he, he actually, God had made him in authority over the earth or over the world. <clears throat> And he was actually, if you want to say it, he was made God of the world. And he sold out to Satan and disobeyed God, and it was like high treason. Now, some people say, well, why, why, why didn't God just destroy Satan? Satan is a spirit, and you can't destroy a spirit. You are spirit beings. And you can't destroy. And that's why we have to say to people, you're either going to heaven or to hell. Your spirit and soul will go one of the two places. And there's no in between. Now, for those of you who don't know me, I was in a, a different church for 40 years. And I never knew that I had to get born again. And, um, <clears throat> and um, in fact... We never were told that, but it isn't their fault. 
because they themselves didn't know it. Because we tell what we know now from the word of God. Well, let's just say that Satan sold legally out to Satan the dominion that God had given him. And you know what? And the glory left. The glory, it says that Adam and Eve were naked. They were, they were actually naked that whole time. But they were filled with glory, so they did not, no one ever know it. And as soon as God came to talk to them in the garden, he said, why? Why are you? They, they were hiding from him. And that's when fear came into the Garden of Eden. Fear is one of the hugest uh, main, and it's a real demonic spirit. Because God said in, he said in the, in the word of God, God did not give us a spirit of fear, and he calls it a demon spirit. But a power, he gave us power, he gave us love and a sound mind. So all those years I didn't know that I had to be born again. Except I really had an interest in Christ. I didn't expect to say all this, but I'm asking God to just lead me. Okay, so um, then, I mean, many times I ask God to come into my heart. Because I went to a Catholic school, let's put it that way, and the nun told me, to ask Jesus to come into my heart when I received communion. And I really, I used to write letters to God. I didn't hear the name Jesus very much. But see, now, okay. So Adam, anyway, Adam was filled with the glory. He was a man similar to what Jesus is. And I, I just want to show you how Jesus came in the flesh. And he was a person just like us. And we'll, we'll get that with proof of scripture. Okay, so, but Adam committed high treason, and it was done on such a legal basis that God couldn't annul the contract he made with Adam. See, he, Adam passed on that covenant to the devil. <laughs> See, Satan already existed. I'm not going to go into that because then we're going to get into another pre-Adamic world. And <laughs> but there was a pre-Adamic world yeah. and Satan was the ruler, except his name was Lucifer yeah. then. Yeah. And that was good because he was an angel of music. Yeah. Maybe I will say a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was, he was yeah. God's highest uh -huh. angel. He was beautiful. Yeah filled with, with diamonds and jewels and, and, and instruments. And he, he was filled with music. You see how much God loves music. And he was the, in the highest place with Christ, with Jesus, rather with the God the Father. Let's put it that way. And then he tried to exalt himself above. And he was thrown out of heaven in a second. Because he betrayed God. And he became Lucifer. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> so that's where all of this... So he existed even before God created the world. And there's a big gap in like Genesis. Between Genesis 1 and 2, that a lot happened. Okay, and you could get it by getting through. See, if you really read the Bible, somebody said, I've never read through the whole Bible. Wow, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, <it's a> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so see, maybe that's something to do this year. Okay, so anyway, Satan became the god of this world. And it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, he is still the god of this world. And would you put that up there, 2 Corinthians 4, 4? And he blinds your mind. Somebody said, pray for my mind this morning. <laughs> and um, I know, because he'll try to tell you thoughts and stuff, and you have to cast them down. That's why you got to get filled with the word of God. Now, if some people don't know this. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Or they blinded the minds of them which didn't even know that, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. There's a mind-blinding, mind-binding spirit exactly. to your mind. Yeah. And that's something you've got to come against Amen. with the word of God. Yep. And you can. Yes, you, can. Yes. you can conquer that thing. Amen. Okay. So two things happened when, when uh, Adam sold out. Spiritual death, which was separation from God, it happened. It came, came to Adam and Eve and to man. And then uh, Satan's sin nature <clears throat> also came to man. Amen. And it passed down. Now, this is it. The sin nature passes down to all men. Because Adam was the first daddy, right? Uh -huh. He had one of the first children. And because of his disobedience, that sin nature passed down to all of us. And that's why all of us have to be born again. You have to receive Jesus in or you'll go. <laughs> and when, I hate to say this, there are just some people in, in, in some churches that don't know that. And that just, that grieves me because I saw it. I lived it. No one ever told me because they didn't know. I feel bad for them. But it's our job to tell people yeah. that. <coughs> okay. So and I can prove that too. Jesus said to the Pharisees, that next scripture, did I put it, that one there, John 8, 44? Okay, Jesus, then Jesus was born on the earth. He was walking on the earth. And he said to the, let's just say the, the priests or the pastors of the synagogue in Jerusalem. He said to the Pharisees, do you have that up there? No. I, I say this because scripture proves this stuff. He said, you are of your father. Well, that's the King James? Wow. You are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in the devil. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. And all he's a liar, period. For he is a liar, a liar, a liar, and he's the father of it. And he will t sit there and talk to you I don't care how godly, the godliest man in the world. He'll try to sit there and get your mind. That's the only place he can attack. Well, he attacks your body too, but okay. But <clears throat> so now, 
so that explains why man could not be saved. Now let me tell you this, by good works. I'm going to do all these good works. And then I, I, at funerals, I, I just felt need to say all this today. At funerals, I've heard, well, because he was baptized into the church, that he's going to go to heaven. That's not true. You should be baptized after you're born again, but you have to ask Jesus to come into your heart first. I mean, my sister, I, you know, I went, I led her to the Lord right before she died. And um, <clears throat> I know they said at her funeral because she was baptized into the church, she went to heaven. I, thought, <laughs> I heard it down in a church right down the block too when our neighbor boy had an aneurysm at nine years old and died. And he probably did because a lot of children will go because of their innocence. <clears throat> but... Um, that, that's not why. <laughs> uh, it's not conduct and good works. It's not because you never did anything wrong. Even if you didn't do anything wrong and you never asked Jesus, you might go. It's not by baptism. It's not by outward ceremonies. It's not by acts. You ask Jesus to come into your heart Amen. and truly be your Lord and Savior, and then you live it. Yes, you sure, you make mistakes, but He's all you have to do is ask God for forgiveness. Amen. First John 1 John 1.9. And I memorized that bugger. <laughs> it's not a bugger. It's a wonderful scripture. But if I confess my sins, if I admit it, I did something naughty. <laughs> he is faithful. He is just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness and restore us right back, just like that. But you have to mean it. Okay, so, but see, um, he, that's why he had to come to the earth to restore the glory of God back because Adam and Eve lost it. And he had to shed pure blood. And we're, we're going to talk about this more on the Sundays before Christmas. And, you know, it, well, anyway. <laughs> okay, so God's plan was redemption. But what does it mean to be redeemed? When you're redeemed, you're redeemed with money. I mean, I've seen people get people out of prison with money. It's the same thing. And uh, redemption means to buy back. And so God sent his only son, Jesus, to buy us back. And what, what, was, the, what was the buyback? Blood. His blood. He had to shed his blood. And see, Jesus had to abandon the streets of gold. He had to want to come down here. Can you imagine? I mean, it's peaceful up there. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no strife. There's no uh, uh, depression or oppression. There's, it, it's perfect up there. That's why, okay, that brings up another subject. <laughs> and when people come, I, God does not cause sickness and disease. God does not cause the storms. 
the, the insurance companies blame him. It is impossible for a perfect God of love to cause those things. It's the devil. And God always gets the blame. And they say, well, he's a sovereign God. He's sovereign according to this word. When you read this word through, and I've read the Bible about 30 times from beginning to end. That isn't much. Kenneth Hagin read it 150 times. <laughs> That's why he gave us so much. But you, you, just, you actually realize you don't know nothing. But if you start reading this, you see in here that God said, if you do this, then I can bless you. But if you do this and listen to the enemy, then my hands are tied. His hands are actually tied. And I hate that when I see this. Why does God allow this? And why does God allow that? <laughs> you know what? Read the Bible and you'll see why. He has, his hands are tied. Okay. The word of God is so perfect that it cannot be changed. So, I mean, all of a sudden they'll say, well, you know, I, I like you, Ashley, just a little better than John. <laughs> John's my grandson. I do like him. <laughs> I like all my grandchildren. <laughs> but, <clears throat> and so I'll give you a favor, but I won't give him a favor. He's not like that. He is fair to everyone. And then people get mad at God, and they shouldn't get mad at God. We need to tell people this, because there's so much fallacy. It's just like my, my niece said to me, why, why would God, she's, she's not, she goes to the same church I went to when I was little, and she said, why, why would God put, put cancer on this little five-year-old girl? And I said, what? He didn't. I mean, I'm so used to <laughs> defending God, but people think that. I, I almost got away from it. They think that, that he put it on them, or he makes babies be born defective. No, he doesn't. There's something from coming down the line that needs repentance from a background. So if you take drugs while you're pregnant, you're probably going to have a defective child. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? I'm just, I'm just saying, no, it's God's fault. <laughs> no, it's not God's fault. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay, God had a great plan called redemption. Okay, man fell. Justice demanded that the penalty for man's crime be paid. We do the same thing on the earth, right? Yeah. You go to court and somebody did something and they say, well, you've got to pay the penalty. Yeah. But see, the penalty had to be paid, but who paid it for us? Jesus, Jesus did it. Yeah. Jesus did it. Okay. Okay, so all this happened. Now put up Genesis 3.15. See, I, so, I never knew all this stuff. And then when I got to be 40 and I got into this stuff, I studied it and studied it. I wanted to know why, 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 why. I still want to know why. <laughs> Genesis 3.15, okay. 
that um, God threw Adam and Eve out of the garden, and he said to the, um, the snake, <laughs> the serpent, and I will put enmity, which means strife and division, between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. <laughs> and I'll explain that in another one, because the seed is not in the woman. It shall bruise thy head, <laughs> her seed shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And he was talking about Jesus. God the Father said this. He said it. That, well, you know what? Jesus, when he was on the cross, he bruised Satan's head. But Satan bruised his heel <laughs> because he's under his feet. I, I could go on to another thing with that because people don't know that. Born, oh, I'm going to say it. <laughs> it. It's just little tidbits. <laughs> what is the church? Is it all these churches all over the place? The church is every church that has, is, preaches to be born again is the real church throughout the world. And we're all brothers and sisters, and we're, and we're the body of Christ. But it has to be a born-again church. This is truth. I can prove all this stuff from the Word. <clears throat> okay, now, so he said that he was going to bruise his head. God spoke the plan of God. Satan didn't know for sure what God meant. This one born of the seed of woman would break Satan's dominion over man. Do you know what? That's why he started another little tidbit. I didn't put it here. I'm never going to get done if I don't. Yeah, okay. That's why women were put down and still to a certain extent, especially think of in Afghanistan and some of those, those places, how they're treated. Okay. So Jesus was going to bruise the head of the serpent. And in, in the oriental language, bruising the head means breaking the lordship of a ruler. So Jesus did break Satan's lordship. And then God, but see, before this, God started speaking through the prophets about a redeemer. Put up Isaiah 7, uh, 14. He started to speak through the prophets. Now, we were talking about every praise of worship and, and the words of our mouth make a huge difference. Even Jesus had to be called into the earth. And that's why the prophets kept speaking it and speaking it and speaking it and speaking it. You call in money. You call in healing. You call in your, your children. You want to get born again. It says in 714, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. What? And bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. A virgin would give birth in a supernatural way, right? And his name is Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means? It means God is with us. 
or the incarnation. It means the union of God and humans. And that right there tells you he came to die for us so he could live in us. If you are born again, he lives in you. I've known people who said they were born again and, and they were 25 years into it and they didn't even know Jesus lived in them. He lives in you. He lives in you when you get born again. And he can guide you and lead you, in fact, because he lives in you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's huge. Yeah? He sees it when you do something wrong. He's right there. <laughs> that should stop us from doing it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, so it means the union of God and humanity. That's huge. Okay, and if, if, if Jesus had been born by natural generation, in other words, you know, the way we get children, <laughs> okay, there, he, that... Jesus would have had a fallen nature. So he, he, okay, are, are like by the seed of a natural woman. Okay. So the seed was passed down through all mankind because Adam was our original father. And everyone needs to get born again. Now, little children, when they, if they pass when they're little, and they don't have any accountability or babies that are miscarriages or all those <laughs> poor aborted babies, they go straight to heaven. They go straight to heaven. So anyway, a redeemer had to be one over whom Satan had no legal claims on the earth. See, this whole thing was a legal thing. He had to be brought forth by the divine power are conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, put Jeremiah 31, 22. <laughs> That's a, I remember the first time I, I read that, I went, what does that mean? <laughs> how long, okay, how long will you go about, oh, you backsliding daughter? For the Lord has created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall compass a man. Huh? <laughs> anyway, this is talking about the womb of a virgin. Would be the receptacle or carrier of the holy seed until he was brought forth. The room, I'll tell you what, you hear junk out there about Jesus did this with Mary Magdalene. He was sinless or we couldn't go to heaven. He never did any of those things. Don't believe that junk. Or that... that uh, they'll try to prove it out of their head that it was impossible for a virgin to have a baby. Well, yeah, in the natural. But in the supernatural, it's not. I mean, there's books out there. Don't ever even look at them. It just, it, okay, Micah 5.2. In fact, we sing this in a song. So, so okay, the, so a virgin would have to be a receptacle or a carrier 
of the holy seed. Micah 5.2, it says, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though thou be little among thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. There's a song they sing with that one. Now, I wanted, I wanted to tell you that because um, what that means is, and, and it just almost makes me cry, <laughs> because this one that would be in her womb had traveled up and down through eternity. Exactly. He had traveled through. And it says, yet out of you shall come forth to me the ruler of Israel. See, he left footprints in the sand. How many people seen that picture? He carries you. He carried you. I can tell you that, I'll, okay, before they walked through the Red Sea at the beginning of, of before ever he created the earth, he, he created the earth and he walked through the Red Sea before the Israelites did. He walked through the things that you have walked through. If you're in his plan, if you get in the plan of God, he walked through the things that I've been because I got in the plan of God, but I was 40 years old when I got in it. But then 12 years later, I became a pastor. So really it was yikes. <laughs> yeah, I was like 52 years old or 54 when I, and when I became a pastor. But see... <clears throat> He walked through that path because I was in the right path. He was in the furnace <laughs> with, with Shadrach, Meshach, and, and, and Abednego. He was in the fiery furnace before times. He was in the, the uh, lion's den with Daniel. I don't mean at the time, but he went through that whole thing. He walked in the ages before you. And especially when you're, I mean that, he pre-existed with the Father from the beginning. If you read Proverbs 8, it talks about how he did this and that and this and that. It, it's, it's, that that's Jesus. He had no beginning. Come on. You know what? He's just, he's just a duplicate of God. That's what it is. Amen. It was really God who came down. <laughs> so, he, he was, <clears throat> okay, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. Okay, so lauded, you know all the titles Jesus has. If you ever, if you ever looked in the Bible, we've got, you gave me once a, a Randy and Pam. You gave me for my birthday once a, a, a paper like this that you could, yeah, well, it had all the names of Jesus. Like yeah. We had a, one on the bulletin board at one time too. Anyway, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 says, For unto us a child is born, born unto us a son is given. And the government is the government of the church, but it's also the government. Let's, let's claim that scripture right now. The government is on Jesus' shoulders, not on some rulers who don't know what they're doing. And his name shall be called. This is only a couple of them. 
wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Oh, all those names we sang this morning, Jehovah Jireh, you know, my provider, all the, all the names of Jesus. Go ahead. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. That's the only government that's going to stay. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. There is actually like a government in heaven. There's even a courtroom. See, divine names and titles were written about Jesus. And to show by his divine nature, he's a member of the Godhead. Ooh, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Okay, now, could you believe Jesus was, when he came down, and we're going to prove it by scripture. He came down and he relinquished all it. All his, his uh, attributes, not his attributes, but the things he had power to do. Okay. It's because there's movies out there that it shows that he healed little birds' wings when, when uh, he was a little boy. Nothing happened until he was anointed by John the Baptist. Okay. So Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you. Now, this is, we were all in the Old Testament. Now we're in the New, though. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. You know what? This one put in the Amplified. I told her most of them are King James, but this one I want. I should have told her. Okay, but I'll say a few things. Okay. Jesus Christ always existed in the form of God. But when he came down to earth, he emptied himself. He stripped himself. And he took the form of a bond servant. And he was made just like you. He was made like born again people. He stripped himself of his, of his power. And yeah, <laughs> all the privileges Okay, let this same attitude and purpose and humility be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Now, I hold that one. Okay, so, so here comes man, and you hear of a lot of people laying hands on people, and they get, they get well, immediate, miracles. There are, it's out there. But do you see? That's a born-again, spirit-filled person who's doing that. And we have that ability. And that's how Jesus was, except we may sin once in a while. But Jesus never, ever sinned. I remember when you were going to a, um, a denominational uh, school in Omaha, and... Um, you went to something, and, and you were young, and you just said, Grandma, did Jesus sin? And I said, no, never. <laughs> and they, they just said, when he got mad in the temple, Come that on. he sinned. No, that's righteous anger.
if you, one of you would say GD right now, I'd have, <laughs> I'd have righteous anger. I can remember when the, when the kids in school, I couldn't help myself. I just get angry with them because, because they didn't worship God. Or they just took it, you know, I just wouldn't allow it. And this was a homeschool school. <laughs> they still loved me, <laughs> but okay. So keep going now. Now you know that. Who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, do you know what? When you get born again, you get the same thing. Most people don't know that either. Or was I? Which means God, God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or, re or retained. In other words, he remained humble. Okay, go ahead. But he stripped himself of all of his privileges, all of his rightly dignity, so as to assume the guise of a slave or a servant in that he became like men and was born a human being. Just like us. That's nothing to fall asleep about. Do you realize who you are in Christ? If, you have, if you're born again, I don't mean to get <laughs> this way, but, but it's huge. You're going to start to know who you are in Christ. If you knew that, you would surge forward. <laughs> Okay, all the way to eight. Next one. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further. And he carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. So humility, Christ always existed in the form of God. And he took the form of a bond servant. <laughs> See, all those privileges. Um, this was a miracle. And you know what? It can be a miracle in us too. First, God took Christ from the Godhead in heaven. Then he placed him in the womb of a virgin to be united with flesh. Okay. Hebrews 10.5. I remember a lady... I was a baby Christian, and we were in prison ministry, and she was the head of it, and she was in Omaha, and we go into, oh, I can't even remember the name. Omaha Correctional Center. Oh, Omaha Correctional Center, yeah. Omaha Correctional Center. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, and she said, oh, I'm so excited this morning. I got revelation. I was a baby, and she wasn't, and, I, and she says, I've got Hebrews 10.5. I just had to call you. And I went, what does it mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I oh, isn't that wonderful? And then later, <laughs> later on, but I'll just never forget that because she was so excited about this. Wherefore, when he comes into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering thou wouldst not, but a body has been prepared. Uh, you put it in the Amplified. This was God the Father saying this to Jesus. Hence, when Christ entered into the world, he said, 
sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but instead you made a ready a body for me to offer. They had to keep offering bulls and goats and animals and killing them and then offering them. And Jesus was glad that God gave him a human body to offer for our sins. Can you imagine that? He was thrilled. Look what he said. I mean, instead you made ready a body for me, a human body. Do you know, okay, I guess I have that written. God prepared a body, a special body. See, in the incarnation, Christ became a human man like us. That's what it means. He emptied himself and he was made like us. He humbled himself and became obedient to death. And it was the only hope for us. Um, John 1, 1 and 4. In the beginning. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. Now, if all of a sudden, it'll come to you. This is the Word. And when we speak to such as he keeps his covenant, hearing, it's God speaking. Because he is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The word was God. I mean, somebody went and, you know, they were entering their kid in a, a school and it, it was a religious school, but, um, and they said, well, do you read the word? And they said, the word, what's the word? The Bible. <laughs> and they said, the Bible. <laughs> oh, some people don't understand that. I'm trying to tell you little things that, that, that really came alive to me. So the Webster, okay, verse 14. I, I had with that. And the word Christ became flesh. He became human. He became incarnate. And tabernacled, <laughs> fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us. Huh. They call it, see, our flesh is just tent. This body is a tent. It's going to go in the grave someday. But our spirit and our soul goes to heaven or to hell. And we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace and favor and loving kindness and truth. But you know what? Because Jesus did that, God thinks the same of you when you get born again. People have no idea who they are in Christ. And if we did, I don't either. I just know that I've known this. See, the Webster de definition of incarnation, it says, is the unity of divinity with humanity. Humans and, and God. Together. One, in the same body. Any religion that denies the incarnation of Jesus of Nazareth is false. 
Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, is called the Word. And the Word existed in the beginning. I'm saying the beginning, way in the beginning. Jesus, the Word, was always with God. He was always in fellowship. He was always in purpose. He was always working with God. And God created the worlds through the Word. He created the earth. It says, he was looking and it was all dark on the earth. See, that shows that something happened to the earth. It had to be redone. And he, and he didn't say, like we do. I probably would say, oh my gosh, it's black down there. And the guy would probably say, no, knock it off. Knock it off. Don't say that because, because you know what? And the Holy Spirit, like anyway... Okay, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Okay, so God the Father, he's looking at the earth, and the Holy Spirit is waiting for words. He's hovering. And all Christ said, he didn't say, man, it's black down there. He said, light be. Healing be. Healing be. I hope I'm, I'm trying to give you some revelation in all of this, too. See, God created the worlds, all the worlds through Jesus. And this eternal being was God, and he possessed Jesus. This eternal being was God, and he possessed the same nature as God. And when you have God living in you, and I can prove to you, it says, once you're born again, it says you are filled with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When I read that, see, that's why we got to read the Bible. It's huge. But, but Jesus existed in the same form, and he was equal with God. And he became flesh and a human as much a man as if he had been anything else. Okay, get ready. Hebrews uh, 4, 14 through 16. Yet he did, he was a man like us, yet he did not cease to be what he had been in heaven because he never sinned. He's the only one. <laughs> I'll prove that. I'm giving you proof with scripture. Seeing then that we have a high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or confession of the word. Go ahead. For we do not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, but never, like, like we're tempted, but yet without sin. He was tempted to have sex with Mary Magdalene. Let's be honest. He was tempted to take drugs. He was tempted to get, to, to maybe kill somebody. He was tempted. He was even tempted with suicide. I can prove that too. You see, this comes from reading the word. <laughs> and reading it with, and when God knows you have a hunger for it, he gives you revelation, knowledge of it. He was tempted with everything to get angry about stuff, to steal something, to, you know, whatever it is. Isn't that something? 
So he, okay, the next verse. <laughs> Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know what? Put that up in the Amplified again. But um, I'm just going to say this. He's so merciful because he experienced the temptations. He's probably tempted to drink too much wine and get drunk. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Okay, 14. Start with 14. Inasmuch then we have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, our word, the word of God, a faith in him. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and even sympathize with you and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we were yet without saying, that's why he, go to him. Yeah. Don't run from him. Because he understands because he was tempted. Yeah. He was tempted in all of it. But he resisted. And he's merciful. And you know what? He's get, God's given us the Holy Spirit, which will help us overcome, overcome this. Oops. Overcome it. Okay, the next verse. Let us fearlessly, don't have any fear, confidently, boldly, Go to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, because he was tempted like we were, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when you need it, because he gave us the Holy Ghost who's our helper. See, so don't think, don't be... <laughs> Be humble about this. I don't like arrogant looks on people's faces. You be humble enough to know, man, God, thank you. It says to that scripture that you're always given, <laughs> oh, Debbie. I, Yeah. Right. Now, do you hear what she said? Yeah. But we were, okay, I said we were in prison ministry and we always went to this person's house and prayed beforehand. That day there was a, another pastor there that usually didn't come in. And I was all, I was, I was a baby Christian. I got born again, or really understood being born again in 1980. And, but this was like 1983, four, something like that. And, um, uh, so I, was, I would consider myself a baby, <laughs> and I was a fussing and a fuming because of lack of money <laughs> and crying. Even and you know he didn't know it. He, this guy didn't know it. All of a sudden he came up to me, and you know what he said? <laughs> Some of you know. <laughs> he said, "You are submitting yourself to the devil and resisting God." <laughs> Now, I could have gotten mad, but I didn't. I went, oh. 
because I was bawling and a squalling right. and not trusting the Lord for finances. I was a baby yet, pretty much, but it, it made me grow up. <laughs> now, I didn't get mad when you're corrected. This is the word of God. He gave me the word. But do you realize sometimes when we're doing that, we are resisting God and, and vowing, oh, yes, devil, I will submit myself to you. <laughs> Woo! That's what that verse means. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and the devil will flee. Well, he kept hanging on to me because I wasn't resisting him. See, we don't even realize we're doing it. Just thought I'd throw that in too. <laughs> okay, so, all right. So Jesus became like me. Okay, get up there. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Jesus, I'll be done pretty soon. Jesus became like me. Right? Did he come, become like me on the earth? So I could become like him. And there was a great exchange. And here's the scripture for it. For he made Jesus to be sin for us. God the Father made Jesus to be sin for us who never knew any sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So this was called the great exchange. Here was Jesus. He said, I'm going to take the sins of the whole world. The whole world. Every time you stole something, every time you told a lie, every time you did something that was not right, it wasn't just the one sin, it was from Adam all the way to the last baby that will be born on the earth. He took all those sins on him. And he said, okay, I'll do it, Father God, for them. Just, just think. I mean, they said he was unrecognizable as a human being. It says that in Isaiah. Because they ripped him and, and tortured him. I'm telling you, it wasn't just, oh, they patted him on the head and spit on him. It was like 400 soldiers doing it. Hands tied behind his back. And they would go past him and make, mock him and spit goobers on him. And then they would take this thing, this reed, and they had seven-inch thorns in his head when they made a crown, and they would hit it harder. Do you know there was blood running down his He couldn't wipe. I mean, this was 400 soldiers, not just one. Uh, we've got the whole thing because you interpret that from the Hebrew. Do you see what I'm talking about? The word tells you the truth. The whole word. But he said, here, you know, like I would say, uh, I'll give you some money so I can have that, what you have or whatever. I like your purse, so I'll give you some money. You know, we'll exchange here. Well, he said, here, give me all your sins. And I'll give you my righteousness. Woo! That's huge. That's, that's huge. Okay. First Timothy, you don't have to put one up there. First Timothy 2.5 says there is one God and there's one mediator between God and man and it's the man, Christ Jesus. 
So the incarnation of deity with humanity provided a go-between. Jesus had to be the go-between. That's why he made him like a man. In order to legally defeat Satan. It, it was a legal deal. Oh, see? It's God on one hand and a united man on the other. And because of this, he was the only one to take on the sin of man's treason legally to satisfy the claims of justice so God and man could be reunited. Michelangelo had a painting and it was the finger of God touching the finger of man. And that was the bridge of Jesus dying on the cross for us so that we had a new place. See, God created only man in his own image. And he made him just a little lower than himself. Okay, I didn't put that scripture down, but I know it's in Psalms 8 in the Amplified. We make a big deal out of angels. We are higher than angels. We're higher than angels. Because we're made in God's image. No other being was made in God's image. None. Okay, um, verse 4 out of the Amplified. And you know what? This is the angels talking. What is man? What? What is this, 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 this thing you made? God? He said, what is man that you're so mindful of him? And the son of man, of earthborn man, that you care about him. Yet you have made him a little lower. Now, listen, a little lower than God. He made us a little lower than God. Angels are not higher than us. And you have crowned man with glory. You crowned man with glory. You crowned him with honor. You made him to have authority and dominion over the works of your hands. You know what? We need to, I'm, I'm bad at sometimes too. We need to take authority over the works of, of God, of, of the junk that the devil tries to go. We have dominion. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I bind you, Satan. And I command you to cease and desist at every maneuver and activity against my body of making it sick. <laughs> or against my finances. Or whatever. Against the strife in our home. But sometimes, you know, you're just, Ugh. you know, I need to go, what? I'm teaching this stuff and then I don't do it. So I, I'm being honest with you. I do it most of the time, but sometimes I don't. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get so. <sighs> and that's when you go to the high priest. Wait a minute. You go to the high priest of your confession of faith who's, who was tempted, tested, and tried every way. And God, I'm being tested right now. God, my Jesus, help me. Help me. 
I need your help. I need your counsel. I need your comfort. I need you. <laughs> it's true. All of this is true. It's all in the Bible. I know I'm giving you a lot this morning, but... Um, but he's a go-between, and he was, he's the only one who could take on the, the sins of man's treason legally. Now, God created man in his own image, a little lower than himself, and we just proved that to you. And when Christ became a man... Now, I will say this. If you're looking in the King James, it's going to say he made him a little lower than the angel. You know what? Angel, right there, you look at it. Okay, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. When it was translated, some of the translations are not correct. And angel means Elohim. It should have been Elohim. Elohim means God. I made him a little lower than God. Okay, because I looked it up. You can look it up in a concordance. See, when Christ became a man and he took on a physical body in the incarnation, he did so for eternity. So you know what? There's a God-man in heaven today at the Father's right hand. Get this. He has a flesh and bone body, and you can see the scars in his hand. He has holes in his hand, holes in his side, holes in his feet, the all of that, you can see the scars. Yep. <laughs> but you know what? The holes in his hands are filled with glory. Yeah. How do I know that? There have been people that have gone to heaven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jesse Duplantis is one of them. He has a whole, he, he really did. He went to heaven. Yeah, we do. We have a DVD on it. We should show it sometime. God dwells. I mean, he saw certain people up there. He saw President Kennedy. He saw Elvis Presley. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Uh, some just, I don't know, uh, whoever. Anyway, God dwells in, in human bodies, and he can impart life <laughs> to, uh, in his nature to our spirit. Okay, almost done. So at the time of the incarnation, Jesus did not partake of the, of the nature that was in the spirit of man. Come on. If he had, he, okay, you know what? Before Adam sinned, he was perfect. That's what he did. That's why they call Jesus the second Adam. Because he had, he had a man's body like us, but it was perfect. See, if, if, uh, if, if he had taken, you know what, um, that nature of man, he would have had his, his, he would have been spiritually dead during his ministry. Okay, his identification with the spirit of man didn't take place, though, until his crucifixion. And then God made Jesus Christ to become sin for us. But just think, he was living on the earth like us, and he had a higher knowing. Man, never sinned. So our sin nature was laid on Jesus. In the mind of God, it was not Jesus Christ. Put up, start putting up Galatians 2.20. In the mind of Jesus Christ, it was not God who, or Jesus who hung on the cross. Each of us can say, I was crucified with Christ. What? I can prove it. 
<laughs> Galatians 2.20. Uh, do this one out of the King James and then give me 21 too. Verse 21. I am crucified with Christ. There it is. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, by believing the word of God, of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Go ahead, next verse. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by good works, baptism, all this good stuff, I got to be perfect, I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do this. It came by the law that Christ died in vain. We frustrate the grace of God because of what he did for us and we don't receive it. We don't take it. I frustrated the grace of God too, I'm telling you. I probably just did the other day. <laughs> probably did yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and you asked for forgiveness. Okay, so see. Oh, gosh. There's Galatians 4, 4 through 7. Almost done. So see, the object of this incarnation that, my, that you, that every man might be given the right to be a child of God. There could be a child of God only by receiving the nature of God. Galatians 4. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. Go ahead. To redeem them, to rescue them that were under the law. That we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons and daughters of God... God has sent forth the spirit of his son, of his, Jesus Christ, his son, into your hearts. He lives in your heart, your spiritual heart, crying, Abba. That means Daddy God. You're my father. If you had a rotten father, that's your real father. So if you want to know who God is, is like Read John 1, 1 through 5. Uh, you know what? Uh, well, go ahead and put it up. Oh, okay. Got 10 minutes. Anyway, John 1. No, just the King James. Okay. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. <laughs> in him was life, not death, not storms, not sickness, not disease, not babies born with, with, with stuff. Seriously. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. It wasn't darkness, like witchcraft. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can't understand it. I tell you what, when people don't know God, they don't understand where we're coming from. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. There was a man, well, okay, let's jump down to verse 10. 
He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world didn't know him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He came to the Jewish people, and they didn't know him. They didn't receive him. But as many as received him, and that's us now, to them gave he power to become the sons and daughters of God. Okay, for one second here, you got to receive him. Nobody told me that. You got to receive him. I receive you into my heart. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I really do, because it's a better life. <laughs> okay, but as many as receive him even now, to them gave he power to become the sons and daughters of God, even to them that believe in his name. Go ahead. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. In other words, how we get children, right? Nor of the will of man, but were born of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, so... It was a joy for, for Christ to pitch his tent. Exactly. He loved man and he desired fellowship. Yeah. And he created man for this purpose. Yeah. He said, well, why did he even bother? See, it was, that's why the angels were so excited because the bridge was finally being built between God and man. And it was tidings of great joy. So, I mean, that's just something, that's what Christmas is about. <laughs> Man was separated from God for 4,000 years and could not look on God's glory. Right, we can. He could, he could see God. He could know, now we can know God. We can see God in you and me. And we're reunited with him in his word. Uh, that Colossians... Um, See, in Luke 2, I, I saw something on Facebook yesterday. It said, just start, start December 1st with reading chapter 1 in Luke, and then the next day, 2, 3. And then it said, by the time Christmas comes, you'll have that whole thing. And you'll know why we celebrate Christmas. <laughs> now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more into this, but later, not now, I promise. <laughs> No, she's not going to talk anymore. Okay. <laughs> but do put up Colossians 1, 26 and 7. Oh, 26. Okay. Even the mystery, which has been hid from ages and generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Wait a minute. Who are saints? How come? Because you're born again. You're saints. Did you know you're a saint if you're born again? Okay, verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the non-Jewish people, which is us, which is Christ is in you. Christ is in you if you're born again, the hope 
of glory. You restore just by you being on the earth. You're, you're bringing glory. And that's why we need to say more about him and be the glory that God wants us to be. See, the word that brought life to Adam had come again as a way for you to have eternal life. Heaven and earth connected again. And the bridge for our salvation was built Separation from God was over. And yet, some people refuse it. Now, I want to tell you just this part that there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. I went to denominational, even graduated from college. Great university. There's a difference between, and you know about God because you take catechism, you take all these things, you know about him, but you, do we know him so well like you know your husband or your wife or your best friend or, see, that's how much we should know him. Okay, so Revelation 3.20 actually says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door to me, I will come in and eat with him, and him with me. Now, I want to tell you this. The door handle is inside of your heart. It's, here's, here's the heart. <laughs> it's on this side, not on this side. So God can't take it and open it forcefully. You have to open the door for him. I, I remember when I first saw this scripture, and I thought, yep, God knocked on my door. And he says, I'll come in and eat with you. And I thought to myself, I always took all these catechism classes. I mean, I had a, I had a minor in philosophy and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Okay, so, so you, you uh, and I thought, yeah, would, would, you, would you be able to invite the president over for, for, for a barbecue at your house tonight? Or... Um, you know, I know, or, or a famous football player, or, you know, a famous movie star. No, but, but you can, if you open the door to God, he'll come in and you can invite him. That's knowing him as a personal friend, good enough to come into your house and have fun. Hey, let's play some rummy. <laughs> let's play some poker. No. <laughs> with chips. <laughs> I'm serious. You can know, you can know God. That's, do you see the difference between catechism and just going, okay, hey, man, pass out the bulletins. No, everybody go to page two and we're going to read the same thing. Blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry. I don't, <laughs> can't help it. So, so by this time I'm a Christian for 43 years, <laughs> almost 40, almost 44. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, you can read about, you can hear about famous people, movie stars, or, or somebody, but do you know them well enough to invite them for Christmas dinner? 
And that's the way we need to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They should be our best friends. Friend of the Greek means a covenant term. You're married to him. A real friend is someone who knows all your defects, but still loves you and accepts you unconditionally. That's a truth. So today, if, I'm serious. If you've never made a commitment to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that opportunity is available. 